Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Support independent Mi'kmaq media. Become a Mi'kmaq Matters patron at patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. You know Greg Malone as a funny man, part of the fame comedy troupe Codco and other theatrical pursuits. But now, Greg Malone is involved in something far more serious, the climate emergency that he says risks extinction for life on the planet if we don't act and quickly. Greg Malone is Green Party candidate in the riding of Avalon. This is actually the second federal run for Malone. About 20 years ago, he ran for the NDP and came within a couple of hundred votes of victory. But he's bailed from the NDP, who he says don't get the urgency of the climate crisis. Malone is tackling the climate emergency in the Newfoundland context. It takes some courage to call for the phase-out of fossil fuels, as the Green Party does, when nearly a fifth of the Newfoundland economy is based on the offshore oil industry. Malone's voice stands out even more because Newfoundland doesn't have much in the way of an environmental movement. That makes Malone's electoral challenge even bigger. Our ears are not used to a critique of our provincial economy as it is, and the proposal for a green, sustainable economy that we could have. Malone may or may not win, of course, but for Mi'kmaq people, for whom land is at the core of our identity, Malone's voice is welcome. He's an ally in the struggle to counter the ecologically destructive economic agenda at work in the province, be it reliance on the offshore, marine aquaculture, or mining, for which the Valentine Lake gold mine that would be built on caribou migratory routes is the centerpiece. You don't have to be a Green Party supporter to welcome Greg Malone back to electoral politics. Here's my conversation with Greg Malone. You ran for the NDP that was about 20 years ago, and you did pretty well. You almost you almost won. Uh, of course, yes, and it was a, a Tory district for since Confederation, so it was, it was a big ask to ask people to go to the NDP. But yeah, I came within a couple of hundred votes of of winning, and I know that asking people to go for Greens is a big ask too. But uh, you've gone from the NDP to the Greens. Why did you make that switch? Um, I I. I I think that the Greens have their priorities straight. They are focusing on the environment and on saving the environment. And the environment comes first. We all need clean air, clean water, clean land. Without that, we're going nowhere. We're not even living, let alone developing an economy and having jobs. We, there's nowhere to go without a, a good environment. And when we have destroyed our environment, when we destroyed our codfish, that was a devastation for Newfoundland. There was a lot of suicide, a lot of trauma, a lot of dislocation, communities ruined. That's what happens when you lose your environment. You lose your ocean environment. We lost the largest biomass on the planet, the codfish. That was a huge thing. And I don't think we're taking it seriously enough. That was a, 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 a sign of what's to come. That was a precursor. That was an omen. And we need to take it seriously. Now we're down to fish and crimp and shrab, shrimp and crab. Uh, and they're going because the waters are warming up. 
the largest single cause of fish declines globally is global warming and warming waters. So everything, all of these things, when we destroy the environment, we destroy ourselves, basically. And I think the Green Party has that right, and they're and they're and they're and they're urgent about it. They get it. They get the timeline right. And uh, I just uh, think that the Greens have the momentum around the world, and I think that that that's that's my big concern: the environment. If we have a healthy, clean environment. We'll have lots of opportunities for jobs and a good economy. If we don't, we'll have nothing. So I think it's kind of a, a do-or-die situation we're facing. And yeah. I think the Greens have that straight, and they're and they're putting that out front where it needs to be, and that's where the whole fight needs to be. So that's why. And I also am a good friend of Elizabeth May, mm-hmm. and I think she's the smartest leader there, and she's got the best plans, and she's been at this a long time, and she's got the most integrity. I don't think that the uh, NDP are really uh, focused on this, and I think they need to be. I think all the parties need to be. I have no hope for the uh, liberals and conservatives being able to do that, but I think the NDP could do a lot more. Hmm. Now, in Newfoundland, uh, 16% of the economy is based on um, on fossil fuels, and I'm not sure if that even includes all those people who are jetting back and forth to uh, Fort Mac uh, to uh, work uh, 14 days off and, you know, 14 days on and a few days off. So uh, what, since you and Elizabeth May released the Green Party uh, platform to phase out oil and gas, what reaction have you got in Newfoundland in your riding of Avalon? Um. I think people get it. People know the fossil fuel party is over and it's coming to a close. Even people who work at uh, at a Fort Mac, they know that's over. They know that that that's a temporary thing. These are not these are not long range, long term things anymore. These are short term stopgap measures: oil and gas, fossil fuels, until we get to a clean economy. We absolutely cannot go on depending on fossil fuels for our major source of energy without killing ourselves, without choking ourselves to death, without frying here. And uh, it, more and more people are starting to get that. We're lucky in Newfoundland. We have a light, sweet crude that is less polluting, far less polluting than the bitumen that they're producing in Alberta, which is probably the most polluting form of oil. Uh, so we're lucky, and we'll be able to use that for the transition. What we're talking about now is a transition phase from oil and gas onto renewables. Uh, and we're, we're, we're well positioned for that transition, but we, that, but that's not a long-term strategy. It's a part of a, part of a long-term strategy, but the oil and gas is the short term, the next 10, 15 years at most, and then we gotta be out of it. If we're not out of it, then, you know, it, it won't matter. <laughs> we'll have other bigger worries of, of, of extinction to face. Uh, because of the kind of crew that, uh, we, that is being, um, got from offshore Newfoundland, we can use that longer for 10 or 15 years, but the Alberta crew, the bitumen, uh, has to be phased out almost immediately from what it sounds like you're saying. Well, it does need to be phased out. Uh, I think the markets are declining for it to start with, and uh, you know that's why they unloaded that pipeline onto the government. The government bought it because when there's no market for it, the private enterprise is not 
willing to put their money into something that the market's not going to be there for in five or ten years. So the government bought it, which is a foolish thing to do. I don't understand all the reasoning around that. I guess someone had to get paid off. But it has nothing to do with the markets and what's coming down the tubes because the bitumen is over. I mean, it may go on for a while. But, you know, we weren't always oil and gas dependent, and we won't always be oil and gas dependent. This is a short-term boom and bust thing. We need to manage it well until, you know, we not go bust with it. But the Greens, and Elizabeth has a comprehensive plan for transitioning everyone over to the green uh, green and uh, energy and a green economy off oil and gas and, you know, use, and all, using all those engineers and all those people to build the infrastructure for the green economy. I was talking to, uh, I've been talking to engineers who used to work in oil and gas and are now in uh, building greenhouses and building and, and, and involved in uh, renewable energy, green energy, windmills and stuff like that, right? And that's that's what's going to happen. We need to help all these people to transit over to the green economy, which is going to need a huge amount of uh, of workers and laborers and, and engineers and everyone to build the infrastructure for our green economy and for uh, uh, renewable energy, whether it's wind farms and solar farms and or tidal and other things. We, you know, there's a lot of creativity out there. A lot of people got tremendous ideas, and uh, so we need to we need to support them and we need a, a, a full plan so that people just we don't create a lot of unemployed people all of a sudden. We phase out oil and gas gradually, and we move over to a green economy, and we use all our engineers and all our all our workers in that transition. Do you think there's a bit of um, uh, uh, people are somewhat in denial on Mi'kmaq matters when we do stories about uh, the offshore, and we did some stories about the the birds that were killed in the uh, in the oil spill off there, and someone wrote yeah. in and said, "Well, what about all the birds that?" Uh, die because of the windmills. So do you think there's a bit of, uh, we're still somewhat in denial about uh, what's coming down the pipe? Uh, the proverbial pipe. It's been the proverbial pipe. You know, the history of human beings is we don't change until we've got to, and until we absolutely can't do what we're doing anymore, then, then we'll change type of thing. Uh, and uh, that, that that's kind of the truth. I think we are in denial, and I think our government doesn't help us here. Our government is holding us back. Our government, for one thing, they want to put all their, they, they said they're going to put all their eggs in the oil and gas basket. Well, that, that's just lazy. That's, every, anyone can do that. You just collect the revenues and you go on from there. That, we need more creative thinking. We need a long range strategy. That's not a long range strategy. That's a boom and bust strategy. So we need to get out of that. Uh, and now with Muskrat Falls, that ridiculous development up there that has put us in so much debt. The government wants everyone in Newfoundland Labrador on the grid paying the highest rates to pay down the Muskrat Falls debt. Well, and to do that, they've discouraged renewable energy. They won't license new wind farms, even though the wind, even though Newfoundland is designated as one of the ideal places to develop wind farms, and the ones down on the south shore there, down in Vermeuse and down, down there, are quite successful. They're operating at uh, you know, quite successfully. Yet our government is saying no, no, no to more wind farms and no to renewable energy. That's ridiculous. That's holding us back. That's keeping us from going into a green future with the rest of the world. We need to be leaders, not not followers here. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of more creative ways to pay down that Muskrat Falls debt. 
we could electrify the island and subsidize people to purchase electric vehicles. You can get you know, special uh, special financing for low-income people. It's all out there. It's all been done and been proved to be possible. And, you know, we have the infrastructure. God knows we have the infrastructure for us. We can put uh, charge stations right across the whole province, and we can have everyone driving electric vehicles. They'll be paying a lot less for the electricity. Even at high rates, they're paying a lot less than they ever would for gas. And then you have, of course, Nalcor and uh, Newfoundland Power with a whole new base of customers driving electric cars to help pay down that debt. And Nalcor and Newfoundland Power will invest in people buying electric cars to get those customers onto their onto their uh, lists. So, like, that's one way that we could do it. We could all go electric here in Newfoundland, and there are tremendous cars. And the trucks are even better. Once you go there, you never want to go back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so there's an awful lot of advantages, an awful lot of, opportunities really in Newfoundland for us in the new economy. Hmm. If we had a government that was forward thinking and planning for the long term, not just the short term, the quick buck, like, you know, the marathon mines and these quick, dirty, destructive developments that we have been plagued with are doing us no good. They They create a lot of anxiety. They create a lot of uh, boom and bust, and a lot of depression, a lot of suicide. It's not what we need. We need long-term jobs that are positive jobs that are building the economy and build up the province, not destroying the environment. Observe that Newfoundland, and well, Newfoundland in particular, doesn't have a, a robust environmental movement, and perhaps you have to do the heavy lifting on consciousness raising on these environmental issues. And I wonder if that makes your task as a candidate all that much more important because people are getting their education from you on these environmental issues for the first time. Uh, sadly, that's true, Glenn. People are, are like I say, we're, we're, we're behind the times in Newfoundland and our understanding of these issues. And I'm hoping to raise people's awareness of them and to focus their attention on us on all of these environmental issues and uh, in a way that, that, that gives them hope and that, that, that plans a way forward. Uh, but we really do need to concentrate on them and look at them because at the same time, a lot of people in Newfoundland are into the green economy already. Uh, there's a lot of people growing organically and there's a lot of companies making fantastic, um, uh, you know, compost and manure from fish waste, the waste from the fish plants and all that stuff. And we have um, people interested in, uh, you know, wind farms and uh, solar and in electric cars and in electrifying the island. There's groups of people who are working on these, on those projects trying to interest government in them. So, there's a lot of people here who are aware, but generally, no, the whole population, no, we're still driving the big gas guzzling trucks. And you know what happened there? The last time there was a downturn in, in, in Fort McMurray and everyone couldn't afford the payments and all their vehicles and everything that they had, uh, you know, gotten while they were working the big jobs and stuff. And there was a lot of suicide and everything. It was a real, real, really bad situation. I really don't want repeats of those kinds of situations. We need something long-term, sustainable, and steady. And uh, that's what the green economy offers us. Now, let me ask you about Avalon riding, because you are, basically, you have to get elected from the entire Avalon Peninsula. So it's not only 
yeah. the artsy area of downtown St. John's that will uh, will elect you. But um, tell tell us about um, what that riding is like and what reaction you get when you're down in Fairland or some other place uh, far away from downtown St. John's. Well, it is a big riding. It goes from Paradise and Conception Bay south. Uh, right around Conception Bay, up to Harbor, Conception Bay North and Harbor Grace Carbonier, right up to Bay de Verde, and then it goes in the south. I go down as far, you know, down to Branch and St. Brides and St. Mary's and the whole, the, the southern shore down there. So it's a, it, it, it is, uh, most uh, of the Avalon Peninsula, except for that densely populated northeast Avalon where you have St. John's uh, East and St. John's South and stuff. And I think that's a good thing because it's the people who who I, I really want, I'm really doing this for. That's what motivates me. I, I love Newfoundland. I love Newfoundlanders. I hate to see them suffer. I hate to see us suffer. I want us to be resilient uh, against the effects of uh, the climate crisis. I want us to have strategies, and I want the people to feel empowered and that they have some control over their lives. And uh, we don't feel like that at the moment. And I think that a lot of the people in my district have to travel to work. They they, they go to, you know, to Bull Arm, and they go all the way out to Fort Mac, and they go wherever the work is. And uh, I want them to be able to stay here and work. Uh, like, why is it that Bull Arm is idle while the, the new coker for the uh, come-by-chance refinery is being built in Korea? Hmm. That's work that we do, and we do it well, and yet we couldn't get that job? Why couldn't we get the job to build Muskrat Falls? You know, we got all the debt, hmm. and yet they give the jobs that we were doing and doing better than the ones they brought in. Astaldi came in and took our jobs away from us. Why did that happen? Astaldi not only took our jobs, they took $700 million of our money and made it disappear overnight. Mm. <laughs> we can't account for it. So, like, no wonder people are unhappy and confused and depressed. I am looking at this, at these things. But the kind of, you know, projects, the kind of development that the liberal Tories have foisted on us, whether it's Muskrat Falls or Marathon Mines or the Greek huge dirty fish farm plan for Placentia Bay are all wrong. They're all backwards. They're all short-term boom and bust. It's, it, it's, it needs to stop. And all of them are done and put upon us and foisted in absolute secrecy, no transparency, no debate, no mandate. They just pop up and we lose millions and millions of dollars we lose our environment, and the investment community makes their hundreds of millions, and we wonder what the hell, why, why was that done? Mm. Now you're running against uh, the Liberal MP Ken McDonald, who, uh, shall we say, is, is not a high-profile member of the uh, Liberal Caucus. Do you think um, that uh, Ken McDonald will get some uh, residual good feeling from uh, Justin Trudeau and a a fear on among people that uh, my God, if you don't vote for Justin, Andrew Shear might get in. Mm -hmm. So how is that going to work out for you? Well, here's yeah, that's a good question. And here's the thing: I mean, no one wants uh, Stephen Harper too, or Andrew Shear, who you know, I, 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 he doesn't. I, I don't know if he can find his environment plan. Uh, you know, it, it's no. And 
and, and the liberal the liberals and the Tories are basically the same with different window dressing. The liberals have better social policies, and it's like a you know they have it's I mean even a change of air freshener would have been good after eight, ten years of Harper, and everyone was very glad to have Justin there. And Justin says the right things, and he's a nice person, I'm sure, but he cannot do what needs to be done. The targets he's accepted are less than the targets that were mandated to have by the Paris Accords. Uh, you know, he's soft, he's soft on the fossil fuel economy. The Auditor General was not allowed to see how much they had given to the fossil fuel industry, to oil and gas, how much of our money, billions and billions of dollars, they gave them in subsidies, and they won't even show it to the Auditor General. They're so freaked about how much they've given over. You know, why? Why are we doing that? That's the money that should be going to the green economy and, and infrastructure and jobs for the green economy. For the, you know. So the Liberals and the Tories are both locked into corporations, a handful of multinational, you know, multi-billion dollar corporations that call the shots, whether it's in the oil and gas industry, with Suncor and BP and these crowd, or whether it's pharmaceuticals or whether it's distillers. You know, these are the, and the balance is way out of whack. They should be working for us. They're not. They're taking their cue from these guys. They make business arrangements. They cut deals. And people are left to wonder, well, why was that deal cut? What are we getting out of this? Nothing is the answer. We're not getting anything out of it. Right, yeah. Greg. Well, great to talk to you. And I suppose between now and October, there's a lot of door knocking for you. So those knuckles will be getting a workout between now and um, an election. Day. Yes, yes. I'll be trying to get to everyone in my riding, and that's uh, sixty something, sixty-seven thousand voters. <laughs> yeah. I'll be trying to talk to them all. It's a, a few thousand doors uh, for sure. A few thousand doors. Yeah, that's right. Greg Malone, Green Party candidate in the federal riding of Avalon. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Thanks to our radio partners, Bay of Islands Radio, Voice of Bombay, CHMR, and now on the Elbegag First Nation Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.